Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. All the, t- the, the shifting of the schedule combined with, like, pandemic life is very disorienting. <laughs> like, there are no, there's no structure to our yeah. lives anymore. And now even The Bachelor has no structure. It's confusing. I need it to open with him in the shower and end with a rose <laughs> ceremony. And any deviation from that, I cannot handle. Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. Welcome to Here to Make Friends, where we preach harmony and peace, and we lead by example because actions speak louder than words. Just a few of the great lessons that we personally have learned from The Bachelor. Yeah, I mean, we're actually, you know, come to mention it, we're halfway into Matt's season. There's a distinct lack of harmony and peace. The drama has never been more intense. It just keeps getting worse. When will we be able to rest? I mean, I'm starting to think maybe never, Claire, but like, fingers crossed. And here to recap another week of escalating, production-fueled sniping between the women and Matt's occasional breaks from mediating the conflict in order to make out with 23-year-olds, as you do, we're joined by expert Bachelor recapper and last week tonight with John Oliver writer Ali Barthwell. Hi! Thanks for having me. We are so excited to have you back. It's been too long. So Uh, long. This is just such a gift. (laughs) Yeah, I wish that we had like a better place to start um, this episode, but we do have to start with some (laughs) upsetting Bachelor Nation news, um, which is just about these continually surfacing bits about Rachel Kirkconnell, who appears to be a front runner on Matt's season. And her and her family's history of racism being associated with racist movements and imagery. Um, And so we just wanted to kind of run through some of what's come out um, before we get to the much more uplifting content of the episode of everyone tearing each other to shreds. Are these new uh, allegations and images or is this like a montage of greatest hits of Rachel's alleged racism? Really both. I mean, we first just we're not going to go through every single thing because that would take up an entire episode of this podcast. Right, right, right. We do not have none of us here have uh, the energy to dedicate to that. (laughs) But um, we did post a pretty comprehensive TikTok explainer on our Instagram, on the Here to Make Friends pod Instagram by the feminist mama, who's a kind of amazing uh, TikToker. And she like really did that investigative journalism and put it all together into three different TikToks. So it's 
before we get into the meat of what we're going to talk about right now, it's really worth checking out her summaries. Um, But what we did want to get into a little bit more deeply was that the most recent kind of rounds um, of information that have surfaced regard Rachel attending an Old South formal put on by the Fraternity Kappa Alpha, which is an organization that has long considered Confederate General Robert E. Lee its, quote, spiritual founder. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, And she attended one of these, quote, unquote, Old South parties in 2018. These are like plantation-style balls often held on literal plantations and guests yeah. <laughs> come dressed in antebellum attire. Um, historically, some of these parties have included the use of Confederate flag imagery, Confederate uniforms, just all sorts of hateful symbols. Um, and KA's national office officially actually banned these parties in 2016. I mean, not that long ago, but of course they've informally continued. They were banned not that long ago, but two years before Rachel went to one of these. So she, you know, in the sense of like, yeah, she didn't do this yesterday, but it was quite recent. And it was actually two years after even K.A. decided that this was not a good look for their brand, which is... Their Robert E. Lee racist (laughs) brand. Like, (laughs) I mean, I think at this point, it's just like the the overwhelming amount of pictures and evidence and people's stories and things about her is it's like what other conclusion can we draw than if she is not explicitly you know racist at the very least she's willing to benefit from it or thinks it's funny and then the thing that's so wild about these like antebellum parties or plantation parties it's the same thing with like plantation weddings but it's basically saying that like the antebellum South is a romantic, beautiful time in history in which like white ladies got to be delicate and flowery and the men were gentlemen and there were no other types of people that existed. And if you That's ask it, about Allie. it, you don't want to talk about the it. The <laughs> story ends right there. I mean, no, it's exactly that. These parties sort of reinforce this idea of the Civil War as some like noble lost cause and this is something that like white supremacists have basically been intent on whitewashing the civil war as something that wasn't about white supremacy, wasn't about slavery, just like conveniently like hides all that away. Like plantations, just a beautiful place, not a place where like enslaved people were brutalized uh, daily. Um, And, and there has been like a real movement of white people basically since the day the Civil War ended to kind of reframe um, the Civil War and plantations as this like romantic thing. Um, And so parties like this, like the one Rachel attended, are inherently racist, harmful practices. And like, let's just be very clear about that. And like the number of steps you have to go through to locate and wear like an antebellum (laughs) dress, like... This is not just like, oh, I bought a costume out of a bag. It's like, I put on a hoop skirt. I like did those big sausage curls next to my face. Like, this is not, that's not an accident. You don't like wind up in the wrong costume for something like that. Like, you make a lot of choices to get to, oh, I'm at an antebellum plantation party. Yeah, it's like full committed Confederate cosplay. Like, (laughs) it's, 
it's what like you 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 see people now in like a Nazi costume and there's no excuse for that. You know, there's no like, oh, it was for Halloween. We've we've agreed on that. And like the fact that there is still this acceptance um, in many places that it's OK to dress up as enslavers is I, uh, really troubling. I remember. So I grew up in the Chicago suburbs and like where I grew up is my town. It's like sort of 50 50 democrat republican but we're in the north like this is not part of our history part of our story like my town was founded in like the late 1900s not a thing and i remember we went to the memorial day parade and it's like the marching band from my town and like two towns over and like the local insurance company would like drive a car and like throw candy and one year there was a float of like daughters of the confederacy and it was like mothers and their children in these like antebellum dresses waving little confederate flags and little u.s flags and i just i was there with my parents and i just remember my dad booing at the top of his lungs and being like get that out of here nobody wants to see that boo like as and then there was a moment where so like the in our tap, the way the route goes, it takes like a little turn and it always gets like stopped. So the float ended up getting stopped like right in front of where we were as like the marching band had to like clear. So then we, <laughs> my dad just heckled these people for like four full minutes. Love your like, dad. I was like, I think, I think this is the appropriate punishment. Like you need to be called stupid to your face. Like you need to be pointed out how ridiculous this thing is. And without any, like statement from Rachel or statement from like her university or any of this stuff. It's like, this is ridiculous. Like this is a ridiculous thing for a young woman in 2018 or 2020 or 2021 to be engaging in because we have all the information now. Like there's no excuse. We have all the information. You look ridiculous. You should be laughed at and made fun of. Yeah. I mean, this is so far beyond like, I liked a photo of my friend and I guess I didn't maybe even notice what was in the background. Yeah. Which, like there's, right. I, there's a like picture you of said. me from college where there was a girl that I knew and she had a Confederate flag in her room. So there's like a picture of me with that in the background. But I hope my entire social media presence has made it clear. It's not who I am. Yeah. There's a whole body <laughs> right. of evidence to work is, from. In right. This is not like one isolated photo. Again, we'll direct you back to the feminist mama, but like this as you said, Ali, is like a growing body of evidence. Um, and let's also not forget that like white women have been like the biggest foot soldiers and the biggest proponents of kind of this this whitewashing of the Civil War. You know, the United Daughters of the Confederacy are responsible for the majority of um, Confederate monuments. In They're still country. putting floats in parades across the Midwest. Right. I mean, come in on. Chicago, apparently. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, yeah and I, I think it it shows like if if enough people were able to find these pictures relatively easily, you know, then again, The Bachelor is putting people on their shows that have a history of this kind of behavior. And they're not only putting them on their shows, they're putting them on their shows with black leads. And you can say whatever you want. And like Matt is allowed to say what his his thoughts are on his politics and who he chooses to be in a relationship with. But like you can't have 
your if you want to if he has children they're going to be black children and you can't have black children raised by someone who believes that the civil war was a romantic beautiful time that should be celebrated like you just you can't do that um you're setting yourself up for harm you're setting your family members up for harm it's not just like oh this is a weird quirky personality flaw it's like a type of violence that exists and that the show is choosing to put these people on there yeah and so i I think that that's all 100 percent spot on Allie. and so the question remains then like what does accountability look like right this this person is on the show it's been filmed we you know if she does uh end up very far into this or or ends up with matt like there are real consequences, I think, that we need to see, um, both from the people who produce this show and and from her as an individual. Like, she's coming off of this show. She already has a massive platform. I think she's one of the most followed um, people from this season on Instagram. We know that translates into dollars, and therefore there needs to be a real public reckoning. Uh, And a blogger, Ash Talks Batch, laid out, I think, a really great series of suggestions on Instagram for what accountability will look like. We'll link to that in our show notes. And she wrote, quote, Rachel needs to publicly and messily do the work. An insincere apology won't be enough. One post won't be enough. A few Instagram stories won't be enough. And I think that that is spot on like the unlearning of white supremacist behaviors and ideas takes a lot of time it takes real effort it takes real concrete action it's not just oh i'm sorry i realized something i did wasn't great but like here's one graphic and now can we all just forget that that happened like no um you know whether or not Rachel ends up with Matt like she has a responsibility to grapple publicly because she has a public platform with the litany of racist behaviors that she's either engaged in or been adjacent to um and the racist culture that she's grown up in yeah and i think it's it's a lifelong process i imagine for white people um and i think also like she has to go beyond just being an ally and being performative like you said but I think like she needs to be you you hear this term now. It's like she needs to be an accomplice, like in this the fight against racism and white supremacy. Anyone that has sort of made these errors needs to then look at their life, look at the people they've surrounded themselves with and like make the hard choices, make the difficult moves, make it difficult for white supremacy to continue. And it seems like I would bet if you looked at her friend group. And like the people that she's kept in contact with from college, they were probably at that party. And if you look at maybe where she grew up and like if she came from a place where that was that kind of behavior was accepted, she needs to like, you know, burn it to the ground and say, like, if this is something that you believe, I'm learning that this is something that I should not believe and I should not have in my life. If you can't come along with me, then you can't be with me. Um, because if she is opening herself up to the possibility of interracial relationships, interracial friendships, if she's in professional settings with people of color, she needs to be able to protect them from the people that she has chosen to surround herself with that told her it was okay to put on a hoop skirt and then big ass sausage curls. 
Like <laughs> you had you so you didn't go to the hair salon alone. You were in somebody's <laughs> dorm room with a big ass like barrel curling iron. Like you didn't do that to yourself. You know, there's one girl on campus that when it's the plantation ball, everybody goes to her dorm room and gets their hair done. Or there's one hairdresser in town <laughs> and we all went like you didn't go alone. You didn't do that in your room alone. You know, like you got to yeah. take all those people and say, you're either coming with me or you're not. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was a it was a team effort for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that The photos are like, yeah. plenty of people in those photos oh yeah um yeah I think that's exactly right like especially if she were to end up with Matt but um either way you know if you're going to have uh black people in your life then you can't be expecting them to be around your family who are racist to um you can't expect to have kids with them and to um passively or unintentionally pass along that violence to them um and i think everything you said ali is exactly right um and i think we should probably get into the episode on that note on that delightful delightful (laughs) note uh yeah so where were we we were in the middle of a two-on-one Oh, oh, uh, right. Another <sighs> white woman subjecting a woman of color to her these, will. Because they've delayed the rose ceremony so much and they're opening with these cold opens. Like when we actually get to the action of the episode, it feels like I'm dropped into another timeline. And I'm like, hold yes. on. Like I'm I'm quantum leaping and having to like look in the mirror and be like, well, who am I? What's going on? So we were like, saying this like last season, but just like, all the t- the the shifting of the schedule combined with like pandemic life is very disorienting. <laughs> like there are no there's no structure to our yeah. lives anymore. And now even the bachelor has no structure. It's confusing. I need it to open with him in the shower and end with a rose <laughs> ceremony. And any deviation from that, I cannot handle. I it's agree. Hard. I agree. Yeah. We we make this demand. Yeah. ABC <laughs> or else something (laughs) but they do catch us up a little bit like jesenia and mj have been in the middle of a really annoying fight where mj is like just confront me jesenia and jesenia says three words and then mj is like you know what stop talking jesenia you've said enough you've said enough because i lead by example um and finally mac comes in and is like oh this is not what i want to do right now but i'm not what i want from a wife (laughs) um so he's like all right jesenia let's go first and she's like mj lied to your face she said she didn't know about the bullying but in fact she was very heavily participating it and in fact leading it and everything she did came from a place of malice which is a beautiful bold but probably true statement yeah (laughs) um and matt's like wow that's a bummer um Meanwhile, MJ is pacing. We saw this before with Victoria. It's like these women act very badly, and then they're like, no one will ever find out. And then someone tells Matt, and they just have, like, the same meltdown. Full body breakdowns. Because it's that same thing of, like, oh, no, I lied, and someone (laughs) caught me in my lie, but I'm a pretty white lady. I never thought this would happen. So then they cannot handle it. Yeah, they're like, consequences for me? <laughs> like, how? Um, she's, like, calling Jessenia shady. She's like, Jessenia is such a little bitch. And then we see her in her in the moment be like, 
hold on. Let me fluff my hair. I forgot who I am for a second. (laughs) I had a weak bitch moment, but I'm back. I just want to say, apparently, weak bitch moment is, like, one of MJ's things in the house. She someone gave her a tote bag and she ran with it. Like. Yeah, there there is some Etsy, you know, yes. poster seller that is just like decorated MJ's entire starter apartment. Yeah, because I think last week she even was like big hair, big hoops, bad attitude or something. And I was like, <laughs> I, I think that Peppa album liner guys she d- she doubled from? down on these catchphrases on Instagram like I went to her Instagram to be like has she reckoned with this and she's just like no let me repeat the inane thing that I said on the show and act as though like that makes me strong in some way it's well, like ugh. they didn't put this up front with her and in fact the first couple of episodes she seemed like sort of chill but it seems like she really is one of those contestants who came in and was like I'm gonna sell merch after this she was like, I'm going to call everything a weak bitch moment. I'm going to do big hair, big hoops, big attitude. And then later I'm going to sell t-shirts. I don't know. Like, that's the vibe I'm starting to get. Yeah. And it it seems like there's also on her on her side or like, does she have a relationship with Matt? Like, I think we're losing because of all the drama. We're losing seeing him with each of the people. So we sort of I was like, why fight for any of these people like (laughs) i love jesenia she seems like a very reasonable chill person but i was like have you had a conversation with her like have you had a conversation with mj who are who are these people to you yeah we're really not getting a lot of of the love stories every every week i'm like maybe maybe this (laughs) will be the week that the women stop ripping each other to shreds but no no because we can't have we cannot have nice things yeah. Matt pulls MJ next and she's like, my heart is so big and I'm trying to show that to you every second. I'm mentally and emotionally exhausted. And then to have my character put into question that hurt the most. And Matt's like, yeah, it didn't seem like you. And MJ is like, my biggest fear is losing you. She starts crying. She's shaking. She's like, at the end of the day, I know you need a wife who preaches harmony and peace. Like, what? Did he ever say that? What's no. her obsession with this? What is this? What, what, is is that? This? what does that mean? Like, why Why are you a preacher? Why have you, like, anointed yourself? Like, is and who's like, you know, of all the things I want in a partner, I need them to preach harmony. And I can understand if you're like, I want a partner that brings me peace or yeah. like makes us a peaceful home. But like, but I don't need him. it. I don't need my man on the street corner with a little boombox <laughs> preaching. There's a guy in Chicago that stands in front of like old navies and just has a boombox and hands out pamphlets and every. But I'm like, I don't need. I don't need you to be that man. I don't <laughs> no, need you to be the you. state street preacher. He's got okay? it covered. Yes. <laughs> um. So MJ feels like she has saved her relationship with this uh, display. She's like, I don't know how Jasenia fosters a relationship when you continuously talk about other people. That's not what a confident, strong woman does. Feminism. I keep being a bad bitch. I hate when women weaponize feminist language and concepts in order to, like, be an asshole to another woman. (laughs) It's just so egregious. And I... I cannot. Well, because uh, at the at the root of that, she's saying I should never be held accountable. Right. Because because we are both women, I should never be held accountable. Yeah, like, she can like, do whatever she wants. It's Allie. like stop apologizing yeah. feminism. It's yeah. like 
the lesson that a lot of women took from feminism was like, I should never have to apologize for anything. Yes. And this is we're we're seeing now this the typical sort of white woman like fragility and exceptionalism being like wrapped in that language. Yeah, like I feel like this is this is is self care. (laughs) Oh yeah, this is like some real um, trickle down feminism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So she sits back down with Jasenia and is like, "I'm just gonna restart this fight right now." And uh, she's Jasenia is like. Look, you started all of this. You talk all the time about weak bitch energy. Well, weak bitches lie. And MJ is like, no, weak bitches tear other people down to make themselves look better. Is this the moment or was it before when Jacinia calls her Meredith? Yes. 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 That was. And MJ is like, that's cute. That's cute. That's Mm -hmm. real cute. cute. I was like, honestly, that that is fantastic. (laughs) That is perfect. Jacinia is just like. I bow down to her. She plays this masterfully. She's so calm. I was like, I I want to channel some of that energy into my future petty conflicts. Um, I loved it. And I was also really uh, relieved that Matt seems to not be, like, taken in by MJ's bullshit. Ultimately, he comes back after, you know, thinking real hard about what they've both said and he says, MJ, our connection's undeniable, um, but I can't give you this rose. I, yeah, un, un, very questionable Unclear. what he un, means by yeah. that. But I guess he's learned the, like, you give feedback by opening with a compliment, you right. know? Yeah, he's very That's, good with that. Yeah, he's good with that. So MJ is is walked out. She's done. I do think that one thing I have been gratified to see is that Matt is like, if a bunch of women tell me someone sucks, they're probably right. And like, I just got to let them go. Like he's very consistent. He's been very consistent about that. Yeah. Um, It's a real improvement. He's like, I'll give the producers their fight for one episode. But then after that, I got to move on. (laughs) Yeah. And then the producers are like, what if we found someone else (laughs) to start another fight? This poor guy just can't catch a break. Um, So, the women all show up for the cocktail party proper. Um, and both Jasenia and MJ are gone. So is the Rose. The Rose platter is there. They're all like, what happened? It's a murder mystery. Then in walks Jasenia with the Rose. And they're all like, very well, happy. They, they all, all seem- are like, hey, hey, girl. I think that there is a part of them that's like, we sort of hoped they were both gone because like right. last competition. But they're like, yeah, like, obviously you were right. Yeah. And... Kit even says, like, yeah, Matt wanted honesty and you were honest with him. Um, what yet again, MJ was like, they're gonna miss me so much. And they're all like, all right, yeah. <laughs> no more MJ. moving on. Um, but Chris Harrison walks in and says, Matt's exhausted. There won't be a cocktail party. We're going right to the rose ceremony. I really feel like production should be helping Matt out here a little bit, to be honest. Like, I feel like this was a key moment to be like, there won't be a cocktail party, but there will be a pool party tomorrow. Like, give the, <laughs> yes. keep the women a little happy. No, they yes. are intent on driving every single one of these women completely bonkers and just like, just like uh, shoring up all of their worst they impulses and they cut even to like i think katie and serena c and Brittany were all sitting next to each other and they all were like chugging their drinks 
like Katie was just like inhaling a martini and I was like oh everyone is going to shit their pants they are so anxious like can't they do Matt could have come out and said I want to skip the cocktail party I know what I want to do and that's because I feel strongly about who's in the room like Matt could have delivered that also yeah there's I don't feel that a lot of the production choices are although it seems like most of them have not yet turned their ire on Matt um, for reasons of, uh, you know, patriarchy and, and that sort of thing. That, like, with when Claire was pulling shit or, you know, production was pulling shit around Claire, everyone was like, Claire sucks. I'm like, <laughs> that hasn't happened yet. But I do think it's going to start to happen if production does not keep fucking him over. Yeah. Um, and the women are upset. Ryan is already crying. I mean, she knows she hasn't really gotten much time with him. Um, and Serena C is like, here's how I'm going to handle this. I'm going to start some more shit. And she turns to Katie and is like, well, you know what? We're losing more time. And this wouldn't have ever happened if the topic of bullying and toxicity had never come up with Matt. Katie, you said that to Matt. You've been part of every single piece of drama that's happened. That's you. And Katie's like, all right, I'm sorry you're upset, but like, I don't I don't understand why you're talking to me. Like, what's your concern right. with me? It, it they don't like, show anymore, but I was like, did that, es- like, that seems like it should have escalated. Yeah, more. and it seems like Serena C just needs a target. Like, she yeah, just she's needs just to be able to, like, to lock in on somebody and be like, well, you're the bad one. Like, she just needs to be able to do that to distract herself. So it, Katie is totally like, I get what's happening here. I could have told Matt and he could have done nothing. So this isn't my fault. (laughs) Yeah. And in fact, it's been now like a couple beats since she was even involved. Like she said the initial thing, but she didn't bring up the MJ situation. It's just like uh, Serena has been involved in the mean girling in the past. So I'm like not totally surprised that now she's like lashing out that all her friends got sent home and it's it's become complicated but um, obviously, if you're upset that drama is taking up time with Matt, a great way to handle that would be to not start a fight with another woman in the house. Yeah, just and stop. Maybe you could just, like, just move don't. on. Handle your disappointment like uh, Chelsea does later in the episode, where she's just like, yeah, that was that was annoying. I feel like nothing has really gone right for me, but I guess, like, I'm just going to express that. Yeah, and it it seems like she is frustrated she's anxious but also if if everyone who's starting drama is getting sent home like she can see the tide must be turning so she's feeling like it's only a matter of time so instead of having to own up and be like i sent myself home by doing drama someone else was responsible for me going home because they talked about all the drama that i was involved in yeah exactly exactly yeah (laughs) controlling the narrative yeah um so it's time for the rose ceremony Jacenia, Abigail, Kit, and Rachel already have roses, and there are seven more, I think. Matt comes in. It's like, sorry for canceling the party. If you don't get a rose, that's just me following my heart <laughs> and looking for love. Thanks, Matt. I feel a lot better. So the roses go to Serena P., Michelle, Piper, Bree, Chelsea, Katie, and Serena C. Dun, dun, dun. Which means going home are Ryan, Maggie, and Brittany, which I felt sad about this round of yeah, farewells. Justice for Maggie. She finally got to say more than one sentence. In her yes. That's how I knew. That's how I knew. I was like, oh, Maggie's talking. She's she's going, going home, home real soon, isn't she? <laughs> I, 
I like poor Maggie. She was just like, I'm 32 and like just trying to be friends with people. I'm not yelling at anyone. So she just like got not one one minute of airtime. Honestly, that was her mistake being over 30 <laughs> and reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, we know that we wouldn't do well on this show for yeah. so many reasons. But <laughs> being over 30 is is certainly one of them. A major one. And and if you look at her uh at her social, she's, you know, she's often posting kind of about um political conflict and civil conflict happening back home. And so I I get the sense that there was some level of motivation to her to like, get a platform to be more useful. And like, you just gotta like start some more shit if you want that platform. And also, (laughs) uh, you know, be younger. And all these girls are talking about my back. And to that, I have to say we should pay more attention to global conflict (laughs) across the world. That's how you do it. You gotta Um, pivot. You gotta pivot. Yeah, exactly. That's what they teach you in media training. Yeah. You answer the question, but you don't answer the question. You talk about what you want to talk about. Yeah. Take note, Maggie. (laughs) So the next morning, and I hope she does get a bigger platform out of this because she seems so lovely. I would Um, I would also love to see her um on Paradise with some of Tasha slash Claire's dudes. I feel that oh, yeah. maybe some of them would appreciate her more. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, next morning, uh, a new date card arrives. First date of the week goes to Piper. Tonight will be worth the wait, uh, which means she's getting a night-only date. Um, seems like she's being shortchanged a little bit. Um, but this really sets off Serena because she didn't get the date. Serena C. So she's mad at Katie. It's Katie's fault. Yeah, because Katie (laughs) keeps running her mouth and being annoying. Um, so she decides to just go confront her. This was just another, like, the conversations have been so annoying to watch. Like, They're, they're hard to listen to. They're hard to know, like, what is the content and like, <laughs> it, there's it not had, a lot of content. No, That's and it the had problem. the feeling of like, you know, when you're in college and someone like came to your room after improv <laughs> practice to be like, you really like was were hogging the stage at that improv practice, and now you're both standing in the hallway like yelling at each other. Like it had that energy <laughs> of like, I don't know why you think you're getting the solo in show choir. Like it had just such a <laughs> juvenile energy. And, like, that Serena C. thought she could, like, sneak up on Katie or, like, surprise her or something. Yeah, there is, there's an element of, like, yeah, it's, like, the conflict that's driven by someone else's choices, but you're confronting the other person with it. And they're, like, I don't know what you want me to do. (laughs) It's, like, I didn't, like, the solo was given to me. Like, what, like, (laughs) I have the solo now. Like, I didn't take it from you. Um, like Serena's like, Katie, I keep losing time with Matt because of your antics and you're just setting little fires everywhere. Little Celeste Ng call out there. You're setting little fires everywhere and you're the arsonist. And Katie's like, well, I haven't really done anything except one time several days ago, I said to Matt, (laughs) the girls in the house are being really toxic and bullying and maybe you should ask around about that. And like, that's like kind of in the past and I'm just focused on Matt. So, like, what are we talking about? Like, you're not asking me to, like, stop anything that's happening right now. Yeah, and that's how you know that Serena C. just has to get the anxiety out. 
Because if she was just like, mind your business or like, don't tell Matt what I said or like, you don't understand, like, we're the cool girls and you're this old 28 year old <laughs> or whatever. But she just has no like she has no feedback other than you're the worst. It's <laughs> like, I can't. That's not constructive. She went in there like gunning for a screaming match. Right. Like. She it just took a turn so quickly. Like Katie's like, oh, I I honestly thought you might be like coming here to apologize to me. And Serena's like, what? I know who I am. I would <laughs> never apologize to you. You aren't even here for Matt. Like what? Like and now just- and now Serena C can say, well, Katie got in a screaming match with me, so that proves my point that she's the unstable one, the unreliable one, whatever. But she didn't actually have to listen to anything Katie said. Yeah. Like she she's so trying bizarre. she kind of like catches Katie off guard and then gets Katie to raise her voice. Um and then yeah, it's like, look, Katie's involved in, in all of the shit. I it was I so off out of nowhere that part of me was like, was she prompted to just like handle it or like I mean, squelch probably. it by production knowing that it would only make things worse probably. probably probably but she also of course you know made that wanted to made that choice because she and was she keeps... pissed and and wanted to direct that anxiety somewhere yeah. and like and, of... and it also becomes the the thing of like the only valid critique that you can have is to be is to say i don't think you're here for matt and so every conflict gets turned into that even if it's not actually what they care about at all. Like, so she has to say, Katie, I don't think you're here for Matt. And Katie's like, what are you talking about? You don't know our relationship. So you have nothing to say about that. And Katie's like, well, I just don't think you are. And then she does the the most like frustrating mean girl thing you can do. Like when there's a large group of women and you don't get along with one of them, which is like, go back to a big group of those women and recount in detail how much you dislike another woman, like, in a public space. I mean, this was just gave me such, like, icky young people dealing very poorly with conflict vibes, like, middle school shit. The visual was also so funny because they were in, like, a couch conversation pit kind of thing. (laughs) They all had blankets and they were on, like, ottomans. It was a slumber party where they're just, like, going to talk shit about Katie. She's like, we went in the kitchen to get brownies and Katie fucking snapped. Like... But it's, again, she gets to say, like, she like, wow, I had the most I tried to go to Katie and be reasonable, but she flew off the handle and she couldn't handle what I had to say. And, you know, she and she brings up she's like, she came in here with all her sex positivity. That's just a joke, too. Like, she can't. That was such a weird herself. dig. I was like, she, wait, now now we're anti sex positivity. <laughs> like, yes, she, she comes in like clearly like being like, I have to get to these women first. And tell yes. them what happened in a way that makes it clear to them that Katie has been the villain all along. So she comes in, she's like, oh, I just really told Katie how her antics are eating up our time. Like how she came in so hot with the sex All posi- of our positivity. time. All of our time. Because we're all in this together against Katie. These other women just seem to sort of be like, how did we end up in the center <laughs> of this? We were just in our little cozy pit hanging out uh, and chatting with each other and having those brownies. And now we're in the midst of some, like, girl-on-girl crime. Um, Which is, like, how you can tell that 
that she knows everyone's not already on her side. She's like, I have to spin really hard. I have to make Katie seem like the worst. I have to, we all tried to get attention with our entrance. That's the way the show works. The way that she did it now is evil and bad. Um, And then Katie walks in and is like, you don't have to whisper. It's all good. Bad bad bitch move. That was unbelievable. (laughs) She's like, I know what you're doing. Yeah, and Serena's like, I'm just telling them what you told told me. And Katie's like, what's that? And Serena just plows right ahead and is like, uh, that your main focus is not to be with Matt. Like, that, and, ma'am, we all ma'am. just watched the footage. That is, it does not line up. But Katie's right there. She's like, that's what I told you. And Serena's like, yeah. And Katie's like, I obviously did not say anything like that. <laughs> Um, and so then we have this, again, like a relitigate. All the women are like, what's going on? Yeah, they, they all seem, seem so, so tired confused. of it. Yeah, they don't want this to be happening. Like, even Kit is out here being like, I am 21 years old <laughs> and I am over this. Why is everyone mad at each other? It's like, guys, I think they're just like, the screaming has to stop. Like, the screaming just has to stop. And so whatever has to happen to get the screaming to stop, you guys need to go do. But Yesenia <laughs> is like, she even like turns like she was asleep and is like, stop yelling. And like, yes. goes, like, <laughs> the kid at the slumber party that fell asleep early and you're having a fight. And they're just like, guys, we were having fun when we were making paper mache pumpkins. <laughs> Can't we go back to that time? And like falls back asleep. She literally is like, yeah, it sucked that we didn't get time with Matt last night or that lots of women didn't because I guess Jasenia technically did. She's like, it sucks that women didn't get time with Matt, but I think it's really important that we just like leave it alone and like not scream at each other, please. Um, and Kit is also like, yeah, I'm not sure why Serena's upset with Katie and I really <laughs> wish this would all end. So this is kind of the only, those are like the only real hints that we get as to what the other women think about behavior and who knows if there are other women in the house who think that Katie has ruined their lives and is evil but it doesn't seem like there's a big wave of support coming for Serena so she's kind of like okay well that didn't quite work out and then just as it seems like things might be calming down Heather has arrived uh, in what is very clearly a producer's white minivan. Yes. I, I love this little skit she had to do where she's like, I'm Heather. I'm Heather. There's <laughs> So there's this reality show, The Prophet. It's my favorite. But it's like all these, this guy's like going and saving businesses. And there's one episode where like a woman just walks in like two thirds into the, into the episode and like goes in the office and starts getting stuff. And he's like, who are you? And she just goes, I'm Grace. <laughs> and like keeps collecting papers and so it just felt like that kind of moment of like excuse me i'm i'm heather i'm gonna keep getting my papers and my things you just open up this little gate that should tell you all you need to know i'm yeah. heather she's like how have you not heard of me i'm heather <laughs> excuse me and chris um, harrison has to do like a an obviously fake little voiceover where he's like heather why the fuck is she here i have <laughs> never heard of anything more ridiculous and fully unexpected 
in my life. Well, because here's my here's my problem. They're, they're treating me like I'm stupid because I know how long you should quarantine for COVID-19. Like it's 10 to 14 days. So yeah. if they were really giving her a full quarantine, she arrived in episode time, maybe like three episodes ago because she would have had to quarantine for 14 days. So they're either not having they didn't they either didn't have her quarantine or they had her arrive three episodes of time ago and then she's been hanging out and then did this little skit and then <laughs> came into the cocktail party, right? Like that right. has to be what's they're happening. They're making it a little on because we know that she could have come earlier and they're just trying to confine it all to one episode for narrative reasons. Right. But then they show her in quarantine like balancing a full pizza box on her head <laughs> and pretending she's Rapunzel and just like okay just like being fun and she makes it sound like she's just like taking a bunch of tests for a couple days and I want to <laughs> be like guys please don't put that narrative out there that's not how it's supposed to work I hope that that is not what happened I it hope seems that she kind actually of likely that she was there around the same timeline as like the other new women that came right in. I really, really hope that she actually did a quarantine. If so, they should not pretend like it was sufficient for her to, like, get a bunch of tests for, like, three days because that's not how it works. I am concerned that they did actually just have her do a bunch of tests for, like, three days. Right. I need more investigation But it, But, like, ultimately, if they had her quarantine and it was any amount of respectable time, she didn't arrive two days before the cocktail party. She didn't arrive on the day of Piper's date. Like you Probably not, no. You can't treat us like we're dum-dums because <laughs> at a certain point, we have to figure out how the timeline lines up. And if you brought her in early and she was quarantining before the day of Piper's date, then she, the producers brought her on. Like, she didn't just drive up. Like, and if you're going to do that, bring in Hannah Brown, bring in Tyler C. Let's have a, a quorum of people being like, Heather should be accepted. Like, give me the story. <laughs> give me the fantasy. <laughs> At least have I, Hannah, like, zoom in and be like, yes. look, that's my girl, Heather. Yeah. I think she and she and my good friend, Matt James, are simply meant to be and must be together on Doesn't national Hannah, television. Just I had no of, other no other opportunity to, to make this introduction. The amount of of so basically what Heather says is I've never met Matt. Hannah Brown, one of my best girlfriends, told me that Matt was the perfect match for me. And so I couldn't let him get engaged without meeting him. And I'm kind of like, like, okay, like, my friends have tried to set me up on dates when I was single. And, like, it's really hard to actually know who your friend would be good with to the point that it's worth, like, basically driving up to their wedding and yelling, like, stop. Um, And actually, my husband and I had some mutual friends who didn't introduce us. So, like, what do they even know? Um, It's weird to me that... We're supposed to treat this as like, well, of course, Heather's desperate to meet Matt. Her friend said they're perfect for each other. That's why Heather thinks they're going to get married. Can't Hannah Brown just give Heather Matt's number? Exactly. Like, what are we talking? Like, we're in a universe where we know all these people meet and hang out outside of the show. Like, and and we know when she was doing the quarantine cruise stuff with Matt, it was like. Almost a year ago. So, like, should, didn't she have this conversation with Heather before, like, November? 
yeah, get your girlfriend, your fine friend's number before all she does all this. <laughs> Before she does a skit with a security guard. <laughs> it's very, it's very confusing to me, um, the narrative here. But uh, meanwhile, Piper is finally getting her date, which is a nighttime carnival in the woods. Um, that looked kind of fun. That it did. looked very, it looked very sweet. I think yeah. he doesn't have any other modes beside like fun date. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, like, look at me. I can laugh. I'm having fun. Even on the dates that that are not, even like all the group dates, he's always like, well, it's not about boxing. It's about having fun. Or it's not about bowling. It's about having fun. It's like, yes, Matt, we understand. You really want to have fun with your partner. It's very unusual. He has, but yeah, it's like, that's the only quality that he's able to label that he like wants in a wife. (laughs) It's like, she has to be fun. We have to play. There should be games. And sports. It's like I, I think you want. I think you want a puppy. Like I think you want a puppy, and not like a complex woman. <laughs> oh, I think he should get a puppy. I I think that that would be really good for his brand as well. I agree. I mean, yeah. can you even imagine? <laughs> can you imagine? That? Yeah, turtlenecks and puppies. Yes. Um, also, also his brand of a joke is going yes, but no. <laughs> She's like, why are you taking me out to the woods? And he's like, she's like, well, what? He's like, what do you think we could do here? And she's like, well, we could get mauled by a bear. And he's like, that's what we're doing. But no. Ha ha. <laughs> and ha, I think it's just ha, like, ha ha. I ha, am a ha. fun guy. But I think that's just maybe what hot people have to do. Like, they don't know how to, like, create, like, some joke structure. So they're just like. Yes, but then no. <laughs> when people laugh at whatever you say because they're overwhelmed by your abs, like that is kind of probably what happens. Look, um, there's just less pressure to develop uh, a personality when you're that attractive. And yep. um, that's just the silver lining of being mm-hmm. middlingly attractive. And it yes. is one of the longstanding problems with this show. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... And he he seems to be having a really good time with Piper. You know, they're doing the carnival games, and he's like, I'm having such a blast with Piper. And I'm like, no one ever doesn't have fun on the carnival date, but, like, sure, you're going to get married. Um, and they they kind of spend a brief time there. I think they speed up the dates a little bit because we're already back to almost a cocktail party by the end, yeah. despite all the drama at the beginning. Um, and at the dinner portion, it's time to get deep. And feelings. With this feelings. was a choice. And Piper <laughs> has something to tell Matt, which is that she's not used to expressing her feelings verbally because her family does not always express feelings verbally. And Matt's like, I struggle with that too. And they're both like, let's change for each other. Um, and then she says she's falling in love with him. What did you guys think of, of this? But it was sort of it was sort of nothing like yes it, exactly that it that feels like an emotional revelation but it's actually realizing that you and your family communicate differently from each other is not like a foundational thing in a lot of cases it's just like oh this is one of many things that i have to learn about myself and my upbringing in the journey of becoming like an adult you know like it doesn't that that feels like something a someone very young would say and i don't she is I don't, 23 right yeah that's like when you are on your own for the first time you're like hang on 
my mom and my dad are different than me. Like, it just feels like a very, like, young realization to have. And it, without any specifics of, like, what that means or what that looks like, it's kind of hard to know because I know, like, culturally, like, sometimes Black families aren't very communicative and tend to treat action or service or tough love as more, like, effective than traditional, you know, hallmarky kinds of expressions of love and it's like that would be an interesting conversation to have of like my family grew up in this culture this we're not very expressive but I realized I want something different for myself and something different for my partner but just sort of being like their acts of service and I'm words of affirmation like that doesn't feel like an a a a revelation that would lead you to be like I fully understand this person and I can now see myself with them I think that's what I'm struggling with with a a handful of these one-on-ones that we've seen is that like the revelations all seem sort of juvenile and um and so general. And again, that's not like to make a dig on Piper or you know, I I hope that that revelation is helpful to her and that she is like but but without those specifics as you said, Ali, it's hard for me to like differentiate these women and their relationships with Matt. And as like a viewer who wants to dig into a narrative that it just feels like we're still at that very surface level and we're halfway through the season. And that is frustrating. I think without like a lack of specifics on Matt's part either. Yeah. You're, the relationships do feel the same because he ends up saying the same thing to everybody. And uh so then you're sort of like well who do you, who do you like who's your front because even at this point in the season you'd see like oh he has the you would see like the lead having different relationships with different people like i remember on nick Viall's season it's like oh he's sexually attracted to corinne he's intellectually attracted to rachel and he's emotionally attracted to vanessa like those are three different kinds of attraction and we're seeing him decide which is going to be more important for him like with matt and it sort of goes back to like i just want someone to have fun like that's not a very deep foundation for a lifelong relationship like there has to be something else so if he's not giving it and the women aren't giving it then we're just sort of watching two cardboard cutouts say that they need to talk more yeah it is like I hate to say that they should always cast from the previous season, but um, I do think sometimes being on the show prompts contestants to, like, spend a lot of time thinking about themselves. And it doesn't seem like Matt has gone through that process to the degree that we typically see, Um, although it certainly has happened on the show before (laughs) that we've had a lead who doesn't seem to know themselves very well, but he, he mirrors back to people what they want from him. And that does seem to like suggest that he's not totally sure what he personally wants in an immovable way. It's always like, Oh, you want to express yourself more. So do I. And like, that's great. I love that. You want to rock. I want to rock and I want to be your rock. You want to have fun. So do I. Um, That's yeah. It just becomes like a little mirror of whatever the most basic thing they shared with him is. Yeah, at the beginning of a relationship, you do that, but you do that about really small things. Like, you're like, oh, I like Project Runway, too. <laughs> like, you, sort yeah. of, you pretend you like that you like those little small things. So you can get to the place where you can then 
realize where your divisions are and where you're different from each other. But you're right, Claire, that he's doing that work when people are emotionally vulnerable. So it just leads to like, he has everything in common with everyone. Right. And so we don't get to know him very well. And we don't know what he really needs from a partner. And it it does, I think that when we saw Claire and Tasha dating, we saw the way that their own personality like shaped the traditional bachelor conversations. And instead, we're seeing like the most generic versions of them, which is either like very bland general revelation about how you've never been in love, don't know how to love, etc. Or like very specific, very tragic or painful thing in your past that has affected you. And he just sort of receives both of those things um, and they don't travel much past that. And yeah, so they both feel good about this. They He gives her the rose. They go to a private concert by Temecula Road. Who are these people? Who, who can say? <laughs> I mean, it, she had a good time. So that's Yeah, the nice. song was like, you're the, you're the last popsicle in the box and you're <laughs> a song I've never heard and you're a go-kart with lots of gas. Like it was just the most like just a song of images. You should, you should write that song that I, I liked where yeah, that was going. I, I personally better. feel inspired uh, very deeply. Um, well, and, and just on that, that note of that beautiful private concert, we move on to, to a group date. We're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we'll have a whole lot more with Ali Barthwell. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. There's dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops, and premium jeans. I mean, you name it, and Newly has it. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month, access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. Fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility are also included. Plus the option to buy what you love. I love Newly so much. I actually have bought several items that I found through Newly and they are staples in my wardrobe. Most recently, I've been looking for the perfect pair of jeans, which is a constant quest because my body is always changing and also jean styles are always changing. I was trying out this month the A. Goldie Pinchwaist jeans, which are sort of legendary for how flattering they are. And it was exciting to get to try them out without sending 200 of my dollars away. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code LTSI20. Just go to NUULY.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code LTSI20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, Newly with two U's, with code LTSI20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like 
take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash love to see it. Springtime vibes are in the air, and when you bring in some of the beautiful flowers that are blooming, you probably want to smell the flowers, not the litter box. But thanks to Pretty Litter, you'll be able to smell those spring flowers all you want. Nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odors. It's ultra-absorbent, it's lightweight, low dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. Pretty Litter's crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illnesses in your cat. And if all of that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to your door. You'll never run out. You won't have huge kitty litter bags taking up space. And even better, you won't have to lug those huge tubs from the store to your car or the subway and into your house. Our producer Talon has been using Pretty Litter and he just raves about how great it is, how easy it is to scoop how much better it smells. I mean, the health monitor aspect gives so much peace of mind. He's a big fan, and we know that you will be too. Go to prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. prettylitter.com slash LTSI. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI.
One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, as they should, because it's very important. If that's you, then make this year the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Wow, that is really fast. Their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning link... Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. I personally used Babbel before I headed off to Paris for three weeks, and it was so helpful just kind of giving me back the basic understanding of French, allowing me to interact with people in restaurants, in shops, and, you know, just not make a total fool of myself when in a foreign country. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. And now back to the show. Brie, Kit, Rachel, Michelle, Jesenia, Serena P, Abigail, Chelsea, and Serena C. Get the group day card. This lane leads to love, which means, of course, that Katie is getting a one-on-one and Serena is displeased. I think, and I think a lot of them are definitely getting very displeased. Like, we're at the point in the season where Abigail is like, I definitely should have gotten a date by now. Um, you and know. she should have. She should, she have. should I'm, have. I'm, like, it's, genuinely very have. confused. I'm confused about Abigail. Like, yeah. why hasn't she gotten a date? Chelsea also has gotten enough affirmation that I think she's rightfully very confused. There are a yeah. couple, you know, Jasenia, Serena C maybe are a little more like, well, I'd like to get one. Um, but it's reached the point where he's made some choices that are difficult to just sort of make sense of on that score. But these women all head off to go bowling. And... Chris Harrison shows up and is like, hey, ladies. And they all just look exhausted. They're, they're like, just like, oh, what? we were actually <laughs> having fun. Like, yes. they look, they're like, wow, we feel relaxed. We're enjoying each other's company. This is the only group date I've been on that was actually fun. And like, the minute Chris shows up, they're like, this is about to turn dark. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, what? Just tell us what the twist <laughs> is. Like, let's not try to pretend this is fun. They're like, lube me up, slide me down to hit the pins, whatever the fuck I gotta <laughs> <Yeah>. do. <laughs> sure. They're like, we're just all just meat in the grinder of this show. Like, yes. Um. So of course the the twist is that they're being split into two teams to compete for the after party, and the pink team wins after at poor Abigail, who's determined to win the state gutter balls in the final round. I really related to all of this uh, big gutter ball energy that we oh, saw yeah. because that is me. And it is so frustrating when you are just getting like increasingly 
you know, anxious about doing well at bowling and you keep getting gutter ball. Like it's, I I can't relate to feeling anxious about doing well at bowling, but I I don't like to be bad at anything, which is like a real weakness of mine. And I should be able to just like enjoy a game, even if I'm bad at it. But alas, um, years but of you therapy know, haven't cured you this. You know that you're going to miss out on extra time with Matt at the end. <laughs> yeah. And that makes I was, yeah, that's why. I was in a uh, Netflix movie, and one of the scenes I was in, we just had to bowl. Like, it, it's it's kind of a movie that's like a sort of a – there's a romantic comedy aspect. And so we were like, we were the girls' friends, meeting the guys' friends, and we were all bowling together. But we they were just like, just bowl for four hours, just bowl. <laughs> and it was just like all afternoon – bowling at this like tiny little rinky dink thing and we were just like what are we what what else is there to do like we played like three games we we're like how is this possible how do you need that much bowling footage? and i never i never got better i never oh. got better <laughs> <laughs> um so the the blue team uh has to go home um while michelle chelsea serena p and jesenia get the after party Four women that I would love to see get more time with Matt. So I'm like, great. They're all thrilled. Chelsea's like, well, things haven't been going by my way, but at least there will be way less competition at the after party. So naturally, the, the women on the blue team have just gotten home when Chris arrives with a custom date card for the remaining women from the date. I feel terrible about today. He invites I them to the after party. This, I thought this was the shittiest move. I was not pleased. The whole episode. Because it it's just designed to make the four women that got the date feel shitty. Like yeah, the, yeah. Ben- the benefit that the women that arrived on the date is negligible compared to how awful the four women felt. This date was designed to make literally every single woman on the date feel horrible. At first, they're all like, feeling horrible that they, you know, committed the crime of losing a game of bowling. They're, like, all crying, feeling very frustrated. And then Matt doesn't even, as you said, Claire, doesn't even tell them that the he's invited the women back. And so they, like, walk in. Like, it just the whole thing felt so designed to be, like, women fight with each other. Women be resentful of each other. And I just, like, I fucking hated yeah. it. Like, it sets them up to have that moment where they all walk in and for the women who are on the date to think that they are crashing. Right. And instead, Matt's like, hey, ladies, I knew they were coming. Ha ha. And they're all like, ha ha. Okay. Great. And I'm like, Matt, like, why would you do this? Like, why would you not give them the courtesy and respect of saying, like, I know that you earn this time according to the rules we laid out. But for my journey to love, I really feel like I need to have more time with all of you. I invited the other women. Why not? Why not do that purely just to let the producers create more drama between them? I didn't... And poor Chelsea's face. Like, I... And this... I was sad. I, I also think he... He over loves on people sometimes. That he like tells Chelsea when she she's like, I'm frustrated. It's been a hard couple weeks, you know, and he's like, you got to be patient, whatever. But then he's like, if you're still here, it's because I see a future with you, which is very different than I like you be patient. And it feels like it's setting. So then when it comes time for the rose, 
she's like, well, he told me he sees a future with me. So of course I'm getting a rose. And it's like an even harder crash. Right. And, and I also think there's a way that this often happens with the lead. Um, that they'll say, if you're still here, it's because I see it with you, you know, be patient. Don't, you know, feel frustrated. This is the process. And then they finally get a one-on-one date and they'll say, sorry, I just feel like I'm further along with other women. And so there, there's extremely good reason for these women to feel like not getting a date until late is going to be a big obstacle for them to overcome. Yeah. And he's just, it's just a way, like, it typically ends up just being, yeah, something that makes them feel comfortable enough to stay when they are correct that it's kind of too late (laughs) for a lot of them to ever make that connection with him or that they would have gotten the time already if he wanted to build a relationship with them. And instead, he's like, this is someone I don't mind keeping around for a little longer. And I think that's probably the situation that Chelsea is in. Yeah. So he ends up giving the rose to Michelle, who he does seem to have a really strong connection with. I feel like she's one of the few that we've seen, like, we've actually seen that spark. And I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. They connect. It's been very easy, very quickly with them. Um, And then it's time for Katie's super romantic (laughs) one-on-one date with Matt and his best bud, Tyler. So, first of all, Emma and I were talking about this last night, but we loved how they, like... Tyler comes in. His hair is, like, not styled. He's wearing an enormous T-shirt. I was like, they definitely want to make sure Matt is the one shining here. And I yeah. do yeah. think they... Because Matt looks it, very natty. Um, I do think they succeeded in It was that. successful. Um, and they have a moment where Matt and Tyler play pool and talk about the process. And Matt's like, I've seen this process work for Tyler, which, like, I guess... Did it? <laughs> it, it worked in the sense that now Matt's the bachelor and Tyler... Right has dated Gigi Hadid, so... So, yeah, I guess, you know what? It really worked for both of them. I also just want to say that a note for men. Maybe if you're going to talk about vibrators, don't compare a vibrator (laughs) to a cactus. Like, I've flinched. Like, are you aware... I was like, that was a reasonable-sized vibrator. Like, it was not (laughs) a novelty. Also, cactuses come in many different sizes. The notable thing about a cactus is not its size, but it's the that fact it, that it's covered it's prickly. in prickly spines. Right. I'm like, do you understand what, where vibrators tend to hang out? It's like a delicate area where like prickly, sharp, darty things like are not appreciated. But I love that he also was like, but that's not the important thing about right. her. It's like, that seems to be the only thing you know about her. He's like, no, no, no. She's she's fun. Have she you- had a vibrator once. She's fun. <laughs> he, I mean, he's like, yeah, it's context because clearly this is why he felt Katie would be comfortable joining him on a date to commit some light semi-sexual assault <laughs> I on Tyler. I hate pranks. Pranks are the worst. Like, like the idea that you can have a prank that's just like, we're going to have someone touch you in ways you didn't consent to and you don't want. <laughs> LOL. Wild so funny. Oh my but God. just the idea of like, again, it's showing like Matt's like 
sense of humor or like the things he thinks are he so has a corny funny. sense of humor and it's like i'm gonna prank my bros it's like get <laughs> out of here we're not doing that now the world is on fire we can't go outside there are racist storming buildings we're not doing fun pranks okay <laughs> pranks are a red flag for me after i spent enough time on like reddit forums where it's like Am I the asshole for not forgiving my husband for pranking me by pretending that he thought <laughs> our baby wasn't his and not yes. speaking to me or helping for two months? And I'm like, what? It's just Men who being... are into pranking yeah. are bad. It's just <laughs> like... being an asshole in the cadence of a joke. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's just like, I always say, like, in my building, there's grills. And so I'll be, like, grilling something. And some guy will come over and be like, so you made that for me? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, that's not a joke. You just <laughs> are asking me for something, but you put a yuck yuck at the end. <laughs> like, I, ha- I I was like, I hate this. And it's also like, if I was Katie, I'd be like, oh, so there's no romantic chemistry here. Like, yeah, I do not, not a get romantic a romantic date, date at all. And yeah. I would say if I was Katie, I'd be like, ask, I'd have the masseuse ask Tyler embarrassing things about Matt so I can get some info. Yeah. To be I... like, oh, so your friend is the bachelor? Uh, what, is he good in bed? Like, <laughs> you know, like, does he, what's his worst breakup? Like, what's something embarrassing about him? Like, I would get Look, dirt. Allie, they yeah. should have had you back there. <laughs> that would be, I mean, Katie, I will say, on some level, I think knows, although she denies it, because her energy when they meet up is so nervous. Like, she has the energy that I would have on a first date because I was always convinced that any guy I was dating was about to, like, make an excuse to leave. Um, so I recognize that energy. I'm not saying that's how she felt, but I do get the sense that there is not, like, an ease about her when she's with him. And as we've, I think, very strongly alluded to, the date is that they're going to be speaking into the earpiece of an actor they have hired to pretend to be Tyler's masseuse so that they can direct her what to do to ruin his massage. This is the television program Impractical Jokers, and I'm offended. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a total ripoff. I mean, they, like, everything is just, like, twist his nipples, rub his nipples, like, Push his head into the donut. Um, Speak about him as though on your he's phone. not a person. This was the one thing that I actually him. thought was a little funny, which was, yeah, like, take a call from us and, like, act like you're gossiping about me yeah, on the like, call. Oh, no. Yeah, he's like a, I don't know, I'd say like a Nima colon eight, but a New York <laughs> six. <laughs> well, that I would have thought was funny. Like, yeah. I, just like, that's fun. <laughs> um. So... Instead, and like, it's true, there's no romantic chemistry on this date, because what it actually is about, it's about like directing any feelings like that, like toward Tyler. It's like, we're going to touch Tyler together through the earpiece. Oh, at the end, when Matt like was massaging Tyler, and Tyler looked up, I wrote in my notes, did he know Matt's touch? (laughs) And be like, those are his fingertips, my, my bro. There is certainly more romantic chemistry between Tyler and Matt than between Katie and Matt. Yeah, it's there. There's like a very deliberate like gesture at homoeroticism between them made in the planning of this date, for sure. Um, And so they head to the night date and he's like, Katie, there's no one else I would have wanted to torture my best friend with. 
which death knell. Um, and she's like, yeah, my relationships usually aren't that playful. It's like what I'm usually missing in my relationships. And she talks about how in her last relationship, um, she wasn't really being the person that she needed to be or wanted to be. And since then she's become more choosy and trying to find someone that she doesn't have to change. And this she's girl like, has gone to and therapy. Hopeful. She's really, she's really gone to therapy. That's what I gleaned from, from this conversation. Yeah. Again, I don't feel like it's a conversation where we get much past the kind of very broad strokes um, although she has a little more life experience maybe than some of the women, um, that's, uh, yeah, you know, she's had some relationships that didn't work for her. She's ready for one that, that does. And she's, she's like, I'm hopeful that my love story is your love story. And like, let's, let's make this deal. I mean, he um, asks like almost no follow-up questions. Yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't respond. Much. Yeah, he offers very little, which again is a theme of his. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that he does basically want to say, he picks up the rose. He's and like, he's I like, don't like you. <laughs> the one thing he really wants to express to her is basically like that he thinks she's been like a force for good in the house. Like he's like, thanks for being house mom or like house, uh, you know, mediator or how snitch to me until this all kind of got dealt with um and best of luck in your future endeavors (laughs) and i think like the the edit of like you were my friend i realized that we are better friends than lovers like that's happened before i remember like rachel sort of did that with kenny being like i think you don't need to be here i think there's something better for you like but then it's about Kenny and being like, there's something better for you. I don't think I'm the person for you, but I enjoy you and respect you. And I think you're a wonderful person. But Matt just sort of doesn't do any of that. <laughs> he doesn't sort of know that, like, if you're saying, let's just be friends, you have to make the case that they would be a good person to be friends with. And that, like, your friendship is also valuable. He's just sort of like, listen, other women are hot, so I got go 23 other women yeah. are 23 I don't know if you've realized but yeah best of and, luck. He, and I do think often the thing that the lead says my relationship with other women has progressed further is both like uh, evidence that like you if if you're waiting and waiting you're probably never going to get there but also it's a cop-out it's like I'm sure you're great whatever like I don't know like disqualified by late start and it's never going to work out by there's that yeah there's no like you're wonderful I want you to find that relationship with the playfulness you're looking for and like our connection clearly is is of a different variety and I love your company it's uh, yeah it's it's just like a lack of empathy like in that breakup moment to be like let me reassure you that it is not you. It is us as an entity. But I, 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 again, I sort of, I'm maybe not the biggest fan of Matt this season as a very boring, very tall boy. Um, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I think he just sort of doesn't, that's also like relationship experience to be like, yeah, thank, thank you. I appreciate you for what you've done yeah. for me, but he makes it, thank you for what you've done for the show. 
Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you set the tone. Like, what? Like, is yeah. is she a producer? Like, Also, uh, when she responds and just is clearly in shock, like, all she can really say is, okay. Like, you, you know... If if you're like being a human, you know that that means this person is hurting. And instead yeah. of really saying anything else to her, he's like, "Let me walk you out now. Your van is awaiting. Like, yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. I'm done. I did it. I did the breakup." It's just weird because, and I like not to like conflate them like they're the same person, but we did just see Tyler. I feel like one of the reasons that people like got a little like lost their heads a little bit and by they I mean me I definitely lost Mm -hmm. my head a little bit over Tyler is because he was good at saying the things he needed to say in the moment to make Hannah feel like she was emotionally seen and um, that's such an important thing to do especially on the show when like not only the person you're talking to is hearing your reassurances but everyone um in the audience and so yeah it's it's a little disappointing that maybe there wasn't more and i and this is like one of my like long-standing beefs with the show is they only have so many actions because they're not in the real world they can't so if you fuck up you can't go buy flowers or if you want to like get them a special gift like you maybe can't do it because you're in the middle of like I don't know, a forest in Prague or something. <laughs> but so all you have is your words. Like also like you have to build that skill up to do this. And Tyler was someone who was really great at like communicating his emotions through his words and like the promise of action through his words. And Matt sort of doesn't, isn't offering that same amount of like, intentionality with his words yeah yeah um so katie gets into the van and she talks to the producer and she says you know i didn't see that coming at all she says i felt the blood drain from my face when he started to tell me i wasn't getting the rose i was starting to picture what it would be like to spend time at a football game with tyler and his friends and my friends and like you know you start painting a picture only for it to be erased which is oh, why I... you don't introduce them to your friends until you're together. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, like, it's He used Tyler as like a buffer on this date because mm-hmm. he sensed there wasn't that chemistry with Katie. But what that actu- what that does is it makes her feel like you're serious because you wanted her to meet your best friend. Yeah, I've been in that moment where it's like you have a friend that always has a new girlfriend. And so then the new girlfriend thinks that her job is to become friends with me. Oh, yeah. So then it's like, you're, you know, we're going to drive to a football game or we're going to like, you know, do some all day activity. And she's like, hey, girlfriend, let's chat. Like, let's get together. And you're I'm sitting there being like, you're the third girl this like quarter. okay? like, (laughs) I don't know how to like you don't. But because she's being because she's meeting me, she thinks like I'm meeting all his best friends. I have to impress them. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, of course, that because that's how most, I feel like that's like the standard way that you introduce friends. It's like, once you're feeling more confident, like you want to see how they get along with your friends. And if instead you're using your friends to make your dates a little more fun, then like you're giving the wrong impression yeah. to some people. I, I also have had a guy break up with me and or I broke up with him and then he was like, your friends are still cool. Like, can't we all just hang out as a group? And I was like, <laughs> like sir. No, no, <laughs> no, sorry. Not about to happen. (laughs) Um, So 
meanwhile, uh, it seems like things are gearing up for the cocktail party. Heather is preparing to make her entrance. She wants Matt to be her husband. It makes her heart race. They have never met, but she is feeling very good about it. She's also, like, dressed in a bridal gown. With with clear, like, Steve Madden slides. Yeah. It looks really uncomfortable. Uh, Those are shoes. I feel like I had those shoes in 2001, and they were, like, slightly holographic. Are those retro now? Are they, like, coming back? Yeah, girl. I feel old. We are old. I was teaching a college class uh, at uh, the end of 2019 and the beginning of 2020, and they all were wearing things that I wore when I was 10. Oh, no. Because stuff from, like, 99 and 2000 is 20 years old, so it's officially vintage. Oh, my God. God. Limited 2. Limited 2 aesthetic is making its comeback. And they all had big old daisies on their shirts. I was like, no. I was like, I already lived through this. I can't do it again. I barely made it through the first (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, so meanwhile, the women, uh, the remaining women, they've seen Katie go and they're like, oh my God, things are getting serious, but at least, you know, the drama seems to be over. We're going to have a normal night, just 10 women. We're all going to get lots of time with Matt. He enters, they toast. He steals Abigail first. He sits down with Brie. She gets red lipstick all over him. Everything's like going like clockwork. So fun. And then we see a woman in a white dress approaching the chateau. And then she gets stuck in a revolving door for a brief (laughs) second. (laughs) With like, with nine women staring at her. Um, None of them seem to know who she is at first, or at least uh, most of them don't seem to know who she is, which I'm like, that was like two seasons ago. Like study your history, pay respect to your borders. Come on, prepare, prepare before you go on this show. Heather was on Colton's season, of course, if you if you don't know. And her thing was that she had never been kissed. Um, and she is here to meet Matt. So when she walks in, she just kind of like smiles at the ladies, hangs a left, and interrupts Matt, where he is hanging out with Piper. And Heather and Matt just both start laughing maniacally. And Heather's like tossing her hair around a lot and laughing. Does he know her? He, I'm sure like he, he knows at least who she knows is of her. You know, okay. they probably like, like he knows Hannah very yeah, well. He knows Hannah. And Hannah really well. Hannah's good friends with Heather from their season. So I would say, say even if the other women don't follow the closely enough, Matt certainly would know her from. Yeah, I bet they at least like follow each other on Instagram. You right. know, like that's why he thought it was like weird and funny that she was there. They are familiar with each other, which like Chelsea pretty quickly realizes she's like yeah yeah clearly like if he's laughing they know each other in some way and finally one of them is like oh yeah he was on uh she was on colton season she's friends with hannah brown and the women are they've had it (laughs) they're like she's had her time go home runs out and she's like who the fuck was that like she is so Furious. They have been and pushed to the goddamn brink. She's and like, unfortunately, I just told him I'm falling in love with him. And then some random ass girls walking in here. Like they were so furious. And of course, I thought this was really funny though. Like one of the Serena's, I neglected to write which one. 
um, says, well, it's Matt's choice. And if Matt wants her to stay, then I will have reason to hate her even more. <laughs> I was like, that went a different direction than I thought. Oh, yeah, it was look, these, these women know they, they cannot direct their ire at Matt. They cannot no. direct their ire at production or like acknowledge production. So instead, Lil Heather over there yes. is about to get so epically mean girled next I, episode. And I I thought Chelsea had the best reaction where she goes, he better marry this girl. <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea, I want to be friends with Chelsea so badly. She's like, if I don't get a rose, if she does, that better be the love of your life. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough, yeah, girl. You're not wrong. <laughs> no. I mean, look, this the madness has to end. 38 women is too many women. We're done. We need to move along. I hope Heather leaves next episode. And then we need to just like, we need to move along. I'm tired. The women are tired. We're all fucking tired. Like, does production not think that we know what they're doing? Like, it's it's getting more and more heavy handed. It's like, we're going to make the women hate each other. <laughs> Look what we got cooked up for that this week. Like, it's exhausting. Well, because it's not even like, you know, they've had it before where it's like, we're going to bring on his ex-girlfriend or someone from his hometown that's going to be like, you better be careful. One of these women turns into a snake at night. Like, that, like... <laughs> It, it, it they've done it before where it at least seems like motivated or connected to something that an ex would show up and be like, I, I met you or like with Nick on Caitlin season that at least he was like, I met you. And I, I think we had a moment. Let's give it a shot. But just to bring on just truly strangers. <laughs> Do we need six strangers the season? I don't think so. Yeah. It's, uh... I mean, the thought that Heather is like, I will never be able to get over not having gone on a blind date with someone before he got engaged to someone else. Like, you're you're pushing my credulity to the limit here. Like, that just doesn't seem like a super plausible motivation. But she sells it as hard as she can. And we're left with all the women just, like, hyping themselves up to like hammer the crap out of her when she emerges and so that's i guess where we're gonna pick up next week (laughs) yay (laughs) yay uh but Allie, thank you so much for slogging through this with us we oh of course are so honored to have you back (laughs) i have missed your your face and your voice and your wit and so this has been really fun even though the source material didn't give us a whole lot of fun to work with (laughs) It, I feel like, especially now in quarantine, like my outlets to rant about this material have definitely gone down. Like I don't have a break room where everyone's talking about it. So I need these outlets. And with you, with you two, it's like, at least we're, we're having some intelligent conversations. We're breaking the material down. I just need, I need my outlet. Yeah, I absolutely, if I didn't do the podcast every week, my poor coworkers or now my husband would be mm-hmm. just really going through it. Yeah, it would just yeah. be your husband and child. One uh, of yeah. my friends, I would be divorced. One of my friends just had a baby. So I turned to my boyfriend and I said, I have to tell you this because I know she's breastfeeding right now, but <laughs> Pete and Kelly might be back together. <laughs> I know that means nothing to you. <laughs> Uh, it but means a lot to me because I have yes. been following their antics at the yes. super spreader Super Bowl. 
Yeah. Okay. We're not going to get into that, but I have questions. For another time. For another time. (laughs) Thank you so much, Allie. Thanks for having me. And now it's time for Feminism Fails. We have a couple today. First, we're just going to combine MJ calling Jasenia a, quote, little bitch. Serena C. mocks Katie's sex positivity. I'm going to give this collectively kind of like a 3, 3.5. It's basically just indicative of a lot of general shittiness uh, of the women towards each other and an element of kind of internalized misogyny that tends to kind of permeate all of these little digs that feel pretty damn gendered. Yeah. Uh, Next, we have to call out this massage date. Uh, Matt and Katie, you know, instructing the masseuse to go after Tyler's nipples and other sort of physical uh, touch that um, was not explicitly (laughs) really consented to by Tyler. I mean, it's clearly... uh, played as a prank uh that's the intention but i really think it's troubling for the show to normalize or play as funny um a prank that involves uh people violating someone else's body in in this sort of way for laughs um even if tyler thought it was funny afterwards um i'm still gonna give that a five and then the producers once again brought in a new woman with the express intent of making the women turn on each other and like subjecting this new woman to what I can only assume um, will be some pretty crappy bullying. Uh, it just makes all of them feel terrible. I'm over this show kind of being used as like an instrument of torture and like an instrument of of torture by way of the women torturing each other. It's just gross. And so we're going to give this one a five. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guests, Ali Barthwell, and our producers, Nick Offenberg and Sarah Patterson. Give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Here to Make Friends Pod. And you can follow us individually on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. We'll be back next week to recap episode seven of Matt James' season of The Bachelor. 